<laughs> All right. Welcome to Wild and Free, a Battleborn podcast. This is Jacob here with a very special guest host today. Hola. Me. I'm Berta Gutierrez. <laughs> Let me show you behind the scenes. And uh, we have uh, our, our first guest from outside of Southern Nevada today. We have Mayor Daniel Corona Woo-woo! from West Wendover. <laughs> Welcome, Daniel. Thanks for having me. Uh, I thought maybe we should use honorifics. Do you use honorifics? Are you like, like your honor? Is that, is that I, like official? I'm just Daniel. <laughs> mayor. Mayor Corona. It, it's so weird your when people, majesty. people call me mayor. I like look around looking for someone else. So <laughs> That's awesome. Well, thank you uh, so much for being on. So um, for our listeners, will you just uh, tell us a little bit about where West Wendover is? Uh, since, you know, for, for many of us who may be listening or many of those may be listening are Southern Nevadans and are like, we don't know what else is in this state. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's, uh, Northern Nevada. Uh, when I say Northern Nevada, people usually think Reno. Right. Um, so we're Northern, but also on the opposite end of the state from Reno. So we're, um, on the Northeastern border, um, of Nevada with Utah, uh, West Wendover's right on the border. So there's West Wendover, Nevada, oh, I hit that. Uh, and then Wendover, Utah. Um, and we're actually closer to Salt Lake City than we are to any major city in Nevada. Um, and so it's kind of interesting because we're still Nevadans. Right. But uh, we... No, I didn't say bad. I said it's interesting. <laughs> we we um, are Nevadans, but it sometimes it feels like um, because of where we're at in the state, um, we get overlooked because um, it's not as big as, um, you know, other parts of the, the state. Uh, right. Even Elko, um, we're in the same region. Uh, you know, it seems like uh, up until recently, uh, people would come campaign in northeastern Nevada. They would go as far as Elko, and then they would stop. Oh, um, okay. And, like, we've been trying to pull people out towards West Wendover. Um, 2018 was the first time we ever had statewide candidates come out. Wow. Um, yeah, the um, – uh, Aaron Ford, uh, Kate Marshall, uh, Nelson Rajo, and, and Zach Conan all came out. Oh, um, nice. Okay, we have a pretty good track record. Three of the four are elected now. Yeah, so they are. I mean, uh, <laughs> it pays to come out to West Wendover, right? <laughs> um, yeah. And very recently, we've we've also had uh, Senator Cortez Masto and Sarah Rosen out. And oh, cool! It had been a long time since the senator had even been to West Wendover, so um, we're starting to make waves. Which is good because it's only been a city. Since when? 1991. Boom. Is when we were incorporated. Right. So that is a that is a that is a great track record. So all potential candidates, yeah. if you're running for statewide office, if you don't hit West Wendover, good luck. Yes. Yeah, you're not so. going. You're not winning. <laughs> is there anything past West Wendover? So um, further north, there's Jackpot, which is on the Idaho border. Um, it's so you have to go through Wells, um, which is. 60 miles from West Wendover, 60 miles from Elko. It's right in the middle. And then you go up north for another 40 miles, and it's right on the border. Okay, okay. Yeah. Been through Jackpot. And I then there's, I mean, a bunch of other. these things, these cities, these places. The first time I heard of West Wendover was for the ABCs of Nevada, and I was right. like, the what? <laughs> I think that's probably when a lot of your listeners listeners yeah. heard about West Wendover for the first time. I'm. I think that may have been the first time Allison heard of West Wendover. <laughs> we, were, we were all like questioning, like, what? Right. What? The what? <laughs> yeah. But we, we th- I mean, which is pretty amazing that, uh, I mean, this this discussion here today is because of the ABCs of Nevada. This mm-hmm. is a direct yeah. relation to that. Um, I think, I don't know if you heard, if, 
because I think we we may have uh, I we definitely um, tweeted at you, but I don't know if you would if there was another connection. But I know I'm we gonna definitely take tweeted the credit for that because <laughs> I I said something about taking a road trip. Oh, you did. Yes. Yeah, I yeah. saw I yeah. saw a tweet about taking a road trip, and I'm like, what is this person talking about? <laughs> and then I found the podcast and listened to it. And excellent. You're yeah. welcome. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Well, all right. Well, um, so, you know, so we want to talk a little bit about kind of like some of the issues that are taking place in northeastern Nevada. Um, you know, you you also are one of the more prominent um, proponent or uh, I guess supporters of uh, former Secretary Castro, who's running for president. Um, and so we got it. We have a lot of things that we kind of wanted to talk to you about. So, um, you know, first off, you know, we were talking at dinner about kind of the makeup of West Wendover. So it was something we were really surprised about. So if you want to talk a little bit about like the West Wendover community and kind of who lives in West Wendover. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it uh, always surprises people when I when I bring up the, the demographics of West Wendover because um, when you think of rural Nevada or even rural America in general, your mind typically goes to older and white. Mm-hmm. Uh, West Wendover is the complete opposite of that. It's um, a lot younger and and more brown. Um, our population's about 70% Latinx, um, and our median age is about 27, 28. Wow. Um, so we're very young, very diverse. Um, and so it makes us a, an interesting place in the state. Uh, you know, already the state of Nevada is one of the most diverse states in the, the country. Right. Um, and But you, people expect that to be Reno and Vegas. Right. Uh, but we've got our little, um, I, I like to call it the brown bubble up, in, up north, too. I like that um, name. That can, uh, that can be the name of something, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the brown bubble. That's there's, that's a solid band name. <laughs> <laughs> Jose's unsure. <laughs> uh, but it, it it creates you know a very um, interesting place politically. Right. Uh, Elko County is probably the reddest county in the state. Mm. Uh, I think Trump won Elko the county by about seventy five percent. Wow. Um, by a huge margin. Uh, and so, but West Wendover, Hillary Clinton won. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we were the only two precincts in the entire county that voted for, for Clinton. Wow. Um, and so it, it creates an interesting uh, dichotomy between uh, the city and the, the county where the county is very conservative uh, and the city of West Wendover is very um, progressive uh, in nature uh, because, of, because of that's who we are as a, as a community. Right. Um. You are very interested. I was I was um, stalking you earlier today, <laughs> reading about research. you on the on research. the internet. I was gonna say most people call that research. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, not the way I do the research. <laughs> no, but anyways, I was reading that you are very interested in just mobilizing the youth mm-hmm. and um, having people get interested and involved in politics. Mm-hmm. What do you think are some of the best ways to do that? Um. One, obviously, I think the more young people should run for office um, and get involved and, um, you know, seek out endorsements, especially from uh, an organization called Run for Something um, that I've been okay. um, very actively involved with since since its conception right after the 2016 election. Um, because when I was running for office, there was really nothing um, for me. I knew people uh, in the Democratic Party here in Nevada that I um, had gotten to know through volunteering on campaigns and uh, being involved in the campaign. The party, uh, and when I called some of those folks up and said, "Hey, I'm going to run for mayor of my hometown," 
I usually got like a stunned silence and a, oh, okay, good luck. Um, oh. No, no real um, advice or support. Um, I, I think that's starting to change now, um, which is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I wish when I was running for office, uh, you know, I would have had that support system. And so I've um, really passionate about helping other young people get elected um, and helping them out however I can. But also if, you know, running for office isn't for you um, because it's, it's terrifying to put your name out on the ballot. Um, right. When I ran, I, I didn't think that I would be as um, nervous come election day or even like uh, how personally you would take some of the attacks or things that your opponents would say against you. Um, but just getting involved with the campaign, uh, whether it's uh, knocking on doors or phone baking or um, you know even stuffing um, envelopes to help mm-hmm. them get their message out. Uh, whatever you can do in your, your small little way to help someone that you believe in or a cause that you believe in, I think that's what we need more young people to do. So I think that that brings up a good point. So you are Nevada's youngest mayor, mm-hmm. right? Are you the youngest mayor ever? In the state Nevada? of Nevada. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Woo-hoo. So how did how did you get involved <laughs> in politics? So what, what really got you excited or energized about giving back? Um, so the first experience I had with politics was 2008. Um, I was very inspired by uh, then-Senator Obama's message. Um, and so I, I started um, phone banking from my bedroom because uh, his campaign was really great about helping people organize on their own. Right. Um, and they had a website you can go to and it had a uh, phone list and a script that you can use. And so um, I was a senior in high school. So when I was mm-hmm. done with my homework, I would get on the phones for a couple hours. Um, and so that really inspired me. But I thought oh, this will be a one-time thing. Um, Mm -hmm. He's going to get elected, and then I'm just going to go on with my life. I'm never going to do anything in politics again. Uh, Then my first year of college at the University of Utah, um, there was a a Democrat running for for governor. Uh, It it was kind of a campaign to nowhere, as I said earlier. Right, right. Uh, But I still, um, I had met him a couple times and was really inspired by him uh, and decided, um, you know, I'll get involved with this campaign too and did some organizing and, and um, canvassing and phone banking again. And then, um, I, you know, figured, oh, he's going to lose this election and then I'm just going to go on with my life. (laughs) Uh, and then, uh, I just kind of was taking a break from politics and wasn't really paying attention to it until, um, the 2012, um, DNC convention. And, um, there was a young, uh, progressive mayor who gave the keynote address at that, um, who just happened to be Latino right. um, and the first Latino ever to give that address, um, and Julian Castro. And, and it really inspired me uh, because being um, someone who, who is Latinx, it, it, there aren't very many people in politics that we can aspire to be like. Right. Um, I mean, when the media talks about South American politics, they're usually talking about how corrupt a, a dictator is or a president mm-hmm. is. Um, it's not really anyone that you want to aspire to be. Um, and so seeing Julian and, and Joaquin um, really inspired me and showed me that there is a path in politics that we can take, um, even if it's not the elected side, which I didn't think I would be involved in Right. until um, I moved home <laughs> and I was complaining about a pothole uh, to my grandfather and he told me to stop bitching uh, and get involved. And so I, I ran for mayor um, and I, I won. W- wise, wise grandpa. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I mean, I, I think that's like the most uh, grandpa advice someone can ever give you is, you know, just stop your bitching and do something. Right. Yeah. And, you know, things like phone banking, when I when I think of that, I think, oh, I don't want to talk to people. I don't want to call people. But I have been getting 
a whole bunch of text messages mm-hmm. and like actually having conversations with the people that send right. me. They're like, hey, do you want to volunteer or do you want to come to this rally? And I'm like, man, I'm working. Why are you all ha- always having this one when I'm working? And he's like, well, how about this one? And I'm like, wait, there's a real person behind yeah. this. <laughs> so yeah. it could be like times are changing, right? It could be yeah. like you can be tweeting at people. You can be texting people, just getting involved in this campaign, not necessarily. Not necessarily talking to people on the phone because that makes yeah. us nervous. Well, right. and also like um, as a, as an elected official, if someone like is has an issue that they care about and they're constantly tweeting about it to me, like I'm gonna see that and think, right. oh, my constituents care about this issue. And so I think there's there's ways that you can get involved. You just even if you don't want to talk to people or you know that that the thought of that scares you. I mean, tweet at your senators, tweet at your elected representatives, and um, you know get involved that way. Or, or start texting, yeah. which I think that's the coolest thing ever that yeah. campaigns have started doing. I used to tweet my state representative and then I got blocked. Oh. <laughs> I, this, was, this, was, this was... Because of the hashtag? No, no, no. This was my, <laughs> my state assembly person uh, from um, a few years ago. This was, he, was a, he was the only elected libertarian. And I commented <laughs> about his voting for the Raiders stadium and he blocked me. Because uh, I said that's not a very libertarian thing to do to vote for and you a publicly blocked. funded stadium. Yeah. <laughs> well, I um, the only per- well the only person I know of that I've been blocked by, um, Danny Tarkanian. Um, Congratulations! I, I, I took that. I, mean, as a, I, think I took that's it as a badge yeah. of honor. Um, but it was after he came out um, in support of the president's hateful and racist immigration policies. Right. Um, and I just tweeted, if you want to win a diverse state like Nevada. Um, maybe try not being a racist. <laughs> and I got blocked. Nice. I mean, that's true. I, I mean, it's... can you say triggered? Yeah. <laughs> what a snowflake. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh. <laughs> well, so apart from politics, yeah. what are some of your hobbies? How do you spend your time? Do uh, you have time to spend as an elected official? Well, I have less and less of it. <laughs> it seems like every day I have less and less of it, but um, I really love the outdoors, and that's okay. um, one of the reasons why I love northeastern Nevada because we have so many um, great uh, hiking trails and biking trails, and um, you know we have bount- bountiless public lands at our at our fingertips that we can just right. use, um, and so I, I really love being outside, um, not so much in the winter. Um, cause it's way too cold, <laughs> but, uh, during the summer, I'm pretty, anytime I have free time, I'm, you know, up in the trails around Wendover or, um, you know, even taking my dog out for a walk and just enjoying it because we live in such a beautiful state we do. Um, that it's, we, we all should take advantage of it. So, so if, if someone were to visit West Wendover, where should they go hiking? So what, where, I mean, if There's, you had to choose or you could give us many, there's so many, so many good places. Um, we, so the city has um, a hiking trail system called the Lepi Trails. Oh, um, cool. They are very hilly. Um, so if you don't want to work out and you just want to go for a leisure walk, it is not for you <laughs> um, because they have some really steep hills. But it's, it's beautiful. Um, if you get there at the right time of year, you can see um, antelope and bighorn sheep. Oh, cool. And, um, Bunnies and I mean even snakes. Uh, you no, we don't. We don't. I mean, you can see them. the whole range of, of wildlife that we have in northeastern Nevada. There, um, it's one of my favorite spots. Um, and we also have a, a little hill called Three Mile, 
um, that has a beautiful trail up to the top of it that has, at the top, you have the best views of West Wendover. Uh, it's not very oh, cool. big, but it, it's a beautiful view of the, of the city, and um, that's one of my favorite places. Oh, and how far awesome. are the Bonneville <clears throat> Flats? So the Bonneville South Flats are, the exit to get to them is four miles outside of West Wendover. Oh, wow. Y'all, I just learned about these beauties today. They are very Instagrammable. <laughs> <laughs> I am now following the hashtag, too. Right. This will be your next your next big trip in Nevada. Yes, because I have been to Elko, funnily right. enough, and to the Ruby Mountains, but that's mm. that's as far as I got. Um, and that was already, I, w- I was like, what are we doing in the yeah. middle of nowhere? <laughs> but it was so beautiful. The, the rubies are worth it. The rubies are... Oh, they're so majestic. Yeah. I, it was... I think I went for uh, last summer. It was in the middle of the summer, yes. around the 4th of July, I believe. And I went and swam in one of those glacier lakes. Uh-huh. And I was like, this is refreshing AF. Yeah. <laughs> the, the rubies have a very, I mean, that's when I, growing up, my, my grandfather and I used to go hunting and fishing in the rubies. Oh, cool. Um, and so it has a very special place in my heart. Um, they're just, I mean, they're so beautiful. It's a really special place in the state, and we have to protect them. Yes. You're darn right. And now I need to just go up a little further to get to the Bonneville Flats. Yeah. You just, you just make a right-hand turn and just go <laughs> straight down I-80, <laughs> and you're there. Well, we now know we're gonna, where we are going to find you, B. Yeah. Yes. This, this summer, the Bonneville Salt Flats. Of course. You know, that's how we escape, because in the summer here, I really we really can't get right. out. Um, and when you were talking about how many beautiful public lands and everything you have in Northern, I'm like, I feel the same way here. We right. have so much. So you did live in Southern Nevada mm-hmm. for a handful of years. So down here, where's your favorite place to go outside? Red Rocks. Red, I, okay. I love Red Rocks. Do you have a specific trail? Um, I like the, the Calico tanks. Um, mm-hmm. Because you can kind of divert off of the trail a little bit, and there's that really mm-hmm. cool of Vegas, that, a view of Vegas that's the whole skyline. Um, if you get there right at the right time of day, it's so beautiful. Ah, Red Rock Canyon. It's it is a very special place yeah. for us, as you can see our 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 logo, if you will, for the podcast mm-hmm. is Red Rock inspired. Yes, it is. Yes, and you drew that pretty much when you first moved here too. That was pretty. Yes, I just early like on. started drawing. I was like, this is. So- <laughs> Why? There were tears. I mean, you had been going there for years, but when you moved here, that was like your your inspiration. Yes, that yeah. was my go-to. So uh, Jose has a question for you, Daniel. Um, so, and because we were at dinner, we were talking a lot about Nevada and how I mean, we are all passionate about Nevada mm-hmm. and love this state. So, what is, in your opinion, what is the common Kind of what is common across all Nevadans, or at least Nevadans that that you know you have lived in Southern Nevada, um, as well as you know being fourth generation from Northeast Nevada. What do you find is like a common or the spirit that the Nevadans share? Um, well, the proper way to say Nevada. Um, <laughs> yes, <laughs> it doesn't matter where you're at. If right. if you say Nevada wrong, people want to kill you. Yes, um, definitely. I think that's that's one the one major the thing unifier. that unites us even all. across party lines. Yeah, we're all it, like it doesn't matter. Yeah. Your, your, your party, <laughs> your, your socioeconomic status, your race. If you say Nevada wrong, we will all gang up together. You're like, and, you and just come said what? You. Yeah. Um, but I, I think that the, I think the love for our state is, is pretty universal. I don't think, I mean, of course, I, I've only, I lived in, in Utah for only two years, but I, 
I don't think I've ever been to another state where people love their state as much as Nevadans love Nevada. Right. And it doesn't matter where you're from. Um, Even you Nevadans, like me. Mm-hmm. I love it. Mm-hmm. I never loved Arkansas like this yeah. and probably never will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like when you when you move to Nevada, you're you're signing up to join a cult because yes. um, you you just I mean, it it's just such a beautiful place that if you live here, you can't help but to love it. I mean, um, and it, it doesn't even have to just be your part of Nevada. I think Nevadans really do love the entire state as a whole because we've got, I mean, from the Rubies to Tahoe to, to Red Rocks, right. I mean, the entire state's covered in, in beautiful places. Oh, it really is. It is, it is such an amazing place. I remember. So when I first, I first moved out here in 2006 for jobs specifically at UNLV. And I remember one of the first acts that I did as a new Nevadan is I had to sign a like a constitutional pledge to the state of Nevada <laughs> that I would pr- protect Nevada from all enemies, foreign and domestic. That was a real thing, and that like, and I still like I that I feel very strongly about that. And I'm like, did you Utah? Si- Listen, I will you protect you, that? Nevada. Did you sign that because you were at like an educational a institution? state employee? I feel I was like a state employee. We should you should print that out and just have everybody that comes through the podcast just sign that. <laughs> just thing. sign it. Yeah, <laughs> I I think you're I like, think that that'd be a good move. You're like a California tax. You fight back. Yeah, hell you yeah. You have to fight back. They're gonna become the ocean for soon anyway. Yeah. Right. <laughs> when the raiders come, yeah. no, we fight back. Uh, so, um, yeah. we were, you know, we, we, I don't know how many episodes you've listened to. We talk a lot about food. So if you want to tell us, um, what? about, <laughs> about maybe your favorite restaurant in West Wendover. And then if you have a favorite down here in Southern Nevada, just so our listeners as, as now you're going to get, I mean, I can only assume dozens of new visitors to the, to West Wendover. If not, if not. If not 20th. Mm, yeah, two dozen <laughs> new visitors. We're so, going to do a field trip? No, we're going. Yeah, we're, we're definitely going. So uh, where should we eat? Well, I think you guys should take the podcast on the road. You know, get a, get a uh, bus. Yes. You know, take people up there. Um, yes. But we, we have – it's a really special place. It's called Salt Flats Cafe. Um, mm. To the locals, it's called Metro because um, that was mm. its original name. Um, and then the owner – I, I don't, no one knows why he changed it. He just, he changed it. Um, it's cool. But it, well, it used to be located out on the South Flats, so it, it made sense. Oh, um, okay. But they, uh, a couple of years ago, got kicked out of the, the space that they were renting and they moved into town. Uh, but it is the best Mexican food you will find anywhere. Um, my dad, my dad eats there twice a day, every day. He is oh my a, gosh. he's a, Perfectly capable cook, <laughs> but he's single and alone, so he just eats there because it's, I mean, it's food like his dad used to make. So, oh, that's cool. Um, it's it's good food, um, and I, I tell people all the time, it's the best place, it's the best Mexican food in the state. Um, when I lived down here, I would have friends that would be like, oh, you have to come try this new Mexican place, it's really good. And we'd go, and I'd be like, oh, I'm not impressed. <laughs> it's good, but it's not that good. Uh, and the same, the same nice. for the two years that I lived in Salt Lake. Um, there's a really big restaurant called Red Iguana there, and everyone oh. thinks it's like to die for, and uh, it has nothing on the South West Cafe. Um, that place nice. is it's really good. So um, people make fun of me because I always send people there, or if I have people from out of town that want to meet with me, and they come around lunchtime, I'm like, well, let's just go, let's go here. You're like, um, let's go to my to my meeting room. Yeah, and yeah. People, people have asked me if I get a kickback. I don't. Uh, <laughs> they, they have really cheap food, so I don't need one. Right, excellent. <laughs> but it's really good. 
That's awesome. And here, here in Southern Nevada, where do you like to I, eat? Um, the one place that I always make sure I go to every time I'm down here is Jama Sushi um, on, on Flamingo in Maryland. It's, uh, I am a big sushi person. Um, and if the fish isn't fresh, it's not good. Mm-hmm. And because Jama's so, so busy, I think that their <laughs> fish is always in rotation, so it's really fresh. Um, and it, it's good. It, I mean, it's where I ate a lot during you know, my college years, so it's kind of a nostalgic place, too. Um, I'm glad well, I don't cool. visit the place where I ate when I was in college because it was it was Taco Bell. I'm not proud to say <laughs> that. I was broke. Don't look at me like that, Jacob. I, I was broke. I mean, if <laughs> they had like dollar fifty kiss of the year. No, I know. If, if you're desperate, the bean and cheese burritos are pretty good. I right, was. They are. Yeah. They are. I'm old enough to remember the 49, 59, 69 menu, or I think it was the 59, 69 menu. (laughs) This is why we're going to die young, because we ate at Taco Bell so much. I'm proud of it. I think the preservatives in the food might keep you alive for a while. That'd be fantastic. It's mummified the inside of your body. Talking about preservatives in food and like living longer and dying. I'm fascinated to know where this is going. (laughs) Um... So your aspirations to, to be in politics, fairly new, you know, once your grandpa told you to do something about the pothole and everything. Mm-hmm. But what do you want to do before then? Do you want to tell us about, like, yeah. anatomy class and stuff? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you that. Um, so, so when I graduated high school, um, I thought, I mean, I, I, I'm someone who, like, overplans everything. I um, have five-year plans for my five-year plans. And, nice. um, so I, you know, graduating high school, I, I knew I was going to go to college. I knew exactly where I was going, what I was going to study, what classes I was going to take. Uh, I wanted to be a doctor. Um, well, I wanted to be a, a, a neurosurgeon. Um, oh, okay. but then I took my first anatomy class and in the cadaver lab, uh, <laughs> cut open a body and it grossed me out. Uh, I realized that I don't like blood and organs and <laughs> cutting people open, even if they're dead already. Right. Um, just the, the whole the whole idea of like cutting into someone creeps me out, mm. uh, and it, it it changed my mind. <laughs> it's something that I still like. I don't want to call it PTSD because that cheapens you know PTSD, but um, it's something that still like to this day still makes you just like queasy when I talk about it. Right. One time I cut up in a frog. This was for a class. And I was like, why am I in the United States? Because we didn't do that in El Salvador. I'm like, why did I come here? No. Uh, do, you, um, do you have political aspirations beyond mayor of West Wendover? I mean, it's okay if you don't answer. I'm just, it just, I, like, as we're talking a- about five-year plans, I mean, there's... We got a big state here, so yeah. I mean, that's that's such a it's a question that you always have to be careful about how right, you right. answer because otherwise, people. Uh, one thing that really bothers me uh, in, in politicians is people who are always looking towards the next race. Right. Um, I, I I never really thought that those people actually existed until um, I became an elected official and started mm. mingling with other elected officials, and um, they're telling me what they're going to run for in six years from now. Oh, okay. uh, and, and for me, my, my goal has always been to, to improve the lives of the people in West Wendover. And so, um, I, I never want to close any doors, but I'm also not, you know, like that's one thing in my, in my five-year plan I haven't planned out, um, right. because who knows? I mean, there could be a race that opens up that, um, 
<clears throat> I see a path for myself in it, and and it's something that speaks for me, mm-hmm. um, and and where I can make a difference, um, a difference that I'm not currently able to make in the role that I have now. Right. Um, but but I always uh, th- that question's so tricky because I, yeah. I think that anyone in politics like um, you have aspirations, and, and I, I don't see being mayor as the end of the road for me. But if it is, I'm okay with it. Um, right. I'm not one of those people that, that, you know, I think, oh, I have to be governor one day, otherwise my life's a failure. Um, or did you ch- jump to trying to be president? Yeah, yeah, or I, or I become... salty. <laughs> yeah, or I'm a mayor that, yeah. You're gonna get you're gonna get me on my on my on my rant. Uh, but but that, that, that's like that that's the, the the people that you know I I don't like in politics. Right. Um, those people who, uh, I mean, there's there's no problem with being ambitious and having ambitious goals. But but I think what you're saying is like that you're not there for what you should be there, which is to serve the people that put you in that position specifically. Yeah, yeah, exactly. If you if you're mm-hmm. always looking towards the next race and you're um, always looking at, well, what office can I run for? Um, why are you in politics? Um, right. I, I'm in politics because I want to serve the people of West Wendover. I, I love West Wendover. It's been home for my family for ge- four generations. Right. Um, it's, a, it's a special place to me. And I the people there are incredible people. And I hope to serve them as long as they'll have me. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> which I think that anyone in, in politics, that should be their goal is to, to, you know, help and serve as long as you're useful. Right. Uh, and one, once you're no longer doing your job, get out of the way and let someone else do it. Once you're, you're just focusing on the next race and your own political ambition, um, maybe you're not doing it for the right reasons. Right. So I think that, and I think that, uh, you know, kind of brings us to, so this episode will actually be released this upcoming week. So, uh, which is pretty rare for us. Um, but mm-hmm. it'll be the second to last episode we have for the year. Uh, and next year, you know, we're just really two and a half months away from the Nevada presidential caucus for the democratic party. Um, so we know that you are one of the more, um, prominent supporters in the state of, uh, Julian Castro, um, so just curious to hear your thoughts on the election, um, or the race so far and, you know, why it is that you, you back Castro. Um, okay. I'll, I'll talk about why I support Julian first and then talk yeah. about my frustrations with the process. Sure. Um, Julian, as I, as I said earlier, is, is who really inspired me to get involved in politics. Him and Joaquin, right. um, they, they were the first role models, um, you know, that I, I really had in politics. Um, mm-hmm. there, there have been politicians, of course, who inspired me, but uh, they were the first people that I wanted to be like. Um, and so uh, I knew uh, back in 2018 when it was just speculation that he was running, um, he was in the state. I was supposed to go to an event that he was at, and all of a sudden my phone starts ringing, uh, and on the other line, and it was Secretary Castro. Wow. Uh, I was driving home from Elko and I almost wrecked because I was freaking out because this, this person who I looked up for, for six years right. um, was calling me and, and I yeah. just was just the, the utter shock of it. And right. um, one of my friends had been at the event and they um, said, oh, you need to reach out to Mayor Corona. He um, is a big fan of yours and, and I think that, you know, um, you two will get along, and, and you should hear the work he's doing. And um, and so <clears throat> that day, it was probably, I think, probably six months, or not even six months, a few months before he announced. And I said, I'm I'm voting for you. Like, I, 
mm-hmm. you know, I I will caucus for you if you when you run for president. I didn't even say if because right. um, I was hoping that he was going to announce because right. uh, there was all that speculation. Um, and then I, I held off on endorsing um, because I, I was trying to be strategic with it um, because no no presidential candidate had ever visited West Wendover. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I have a lot of friends who work for other campaigns and they kept saying, well, we'll, we'll try to get our candidate out there. Um, but, you know, it's, it's hard if there's not an endorsement for grabs, which um, is a problem in and of itself. Right. Uh, that, that people only visit places where they think they can get an endorsement. And it's a frustration of mine. Um, and then, you know, just as the race progressed, it was now uh, Secretary Castro came to West Wendover in July but leading up to that, he visited the storm train, the storm tunnels here in Vegas, which right. no politician, to my knowledge, has ever done. Mm-hmm. Not even local, um, statewide. No one has ever gone under the storm tunnels and talked to the people that live down there. Um, and that that was when I said, okay, I have to endorse. I can't wait any longer um, because because I, I already he was someone that I've looked up to for mm-hmm. a long time, but. Uh, that early in the campaign, you could see how he was going to run the campaign um, by actually putting people first instead of just as a campaign slogan. It, it's it's a creed to him. Right. Um, and a lot of politicians, um, you know, as I was saying in my frustrations, they're not they're not doing it for the right reasons. Right. Um, but I, I really get the feeling, and and now um, as I've you know had interactions with the secretary a few times now, um, that's just who he is as a person. Um, he's not doing it out of you know, sheer political ambition. Um, he's doing it because he he thinks that he brings something to the table that the other candidates don't, um, which is bold, progressive leadership. Um, and it's why he's been leading on so many of the issues from immigration to um, early education to policing. Um, no one was even talking about policing right. in our country uh, until Secretary Castro brought it up. No one was talking about um, trans health, access to... to um, abortions until Secretary Castro brought it up on the debate stage. Um, and so he's consistently leading on these these issues that we as progressives say that we care about, mm-hmm. but he's being ignored. Right. Um, and, and people are, are giving credit to other candidates who are second or third doing it, saying that they were the first ones out. I mean, he was the first candidate to call for the impeachment of, of this corrupt wannabe dictator that we have in the Oval Office. Mm-hmm. And just recently... I, I love Senator Warren, but recently she was taking credit for call, being the first candidate to call for impeachment. Um, when are we going to stop allowing this erasure of, of black and brown candidates? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's not who we are as Democrats. Um, right. And so I've been really frustrated with this this primary um, process because, um, as, as Secretary Castro has pointed out, uh, the first candidate to do so. I mean, mm-hmm. um, another candidate... Senator Warren got up and walked off stage when someone asked her about Iowa and New Hampshire going first. Right. Um, and they don't reflect the diversity of our country or the diversity of our party. Um, but we hold on to this belief that they should be the first two nominating states. And that's why we get you know, candidates like Mayor Pete, who is wholly unqualified. Mm-hmm. Right. But he's a front runner. <laughs> right, yeah, which is it, absolutely it, crazy. It's, it's mind-blowing. Right, yes. It, it, it's mind-blowing. If, if he were a brown candidate, he would be laughed off the stage. Oh, for sure. He wouldn't He wouldn't have made it that far, you no. know, yeah. to get laughed off the stage. Right. And, and if, if, if a white, if he had the qualifications that the people like uh, 
Kamala Harris or or Senator Booker or Julian had, mm-hmm. he would be it would be no question about it. He would be the presumptive nominee, right? Uh, just because of because of that experience and also because of the white privilege that exists. We we hold people of color and women to different standards than we do um, straight white. Well, he's not straight, um, but even just white male, right. sci white men. Um, you know, it, it's 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 horrible. Um, and yeah. we need to do better as a, as a party. Otherwise, uh, unfortunately, I think that if, if something doesn't change, we we run the a very high risk of having eight more or four more years of President Trump. If he gets his way, it might be eight more years. Right. Yeah, I think that's and I think that's the, the biggest thing. My, my whole thing about any nominee is that we need somebody who's going to fire up people and who actually represents the people of the United States as opposed to the donors of the United States or, you know, wall street, which, which I don't, I mean, I definitely don't have faith with Mm -hmm. mayor Pete that he would represent the people. And, um, you know, I, and I'll be honest, like, like when this, when the, and I, you know, I, I mentioned you, I'm a political junkie. When I, when I, I remember back to when the candidates were all declaring and, 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 um, Castro, didn't really there he wasn't on my radar i mean i knew who he was and i remember the speech in 2012 but i was like oh you know it's not really something not somebody who excites me and now i mean like i you know i mentioned i've donated to three candidates i'm very excited about him i think Mm -hmm. he's he is putting together some really amazing plans and you know just to hear him talk i get excited which i can't say i mean like I've become very embittered by politics mm-hmm. over the years, and like there hasn't been a candidate really, um, you know, other than him and Bernie for an, a national office that has really gotten me excited mm-hmm. about like where where we could be, mm-hmm. because I think you know he envisions an America that's better, whereas we have plenty of candidates, Biden included, who are talking about how we can go back to how good things were. Mm-hmm. I don't want to go back to how they good were things were. Yeah, because they weren't they great were for people for of color. People. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's, I mean, as as a white person, I'm like, I realize that, like, sure, regardless, really, of who gets nominated, who gets elected president, my life won't change a whole mm-hmm. lot. But, like, I know for damn sure that it's going to change a lot for people of mm-hmm. color mm-hmm. if if Trump gets elected again or if a nominee, you know, from the Democratic Party is put forward that, doesn't really care or fight for those issues. Like, I don't want that. Yeah. And I feel like we just need somebody radical mm-hmm. Yeah, to really move people to the polls and mm-hmm. to go vote. Right. Otherwise, it's... Well, and come on. I, 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 you know, <laughs> coming from a community that is, um, you know, v- very brown and, and we have a huge, big immigrant population, um, I, I love President Obama. I think he was an incredible president, but he was wrong on immigration. Right. Um, yeah. And... and so seeing my my community suffer under you know two different presidents, one more so than the other. I mean mm-hmm. Trump is is by far worse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean the day that that Jeff Sessions got up there with that stupid grin on his face <sighs> and rescinded DACA, um, one of my council members she's she's a high school teacher, and she had kids breaking down in class. Yeah. Because they were terrified that they were going to be deported because their DACA was going to be taken away. It, that that's not a country I want to live in. That's not a place, no. and I think that it shouldn't be a country that, that we strive to be. I think that, as Secretary Castro says, he doesn't want to make America anything again. He wants right. to make it better than than it's ever been. Right. And I think that we really need that message um, to to mobilize and excite people and get them to the polls. Because in in 2016, I you know I was a Clinton supporter after after the primary, and I, I voted for her and I knocked on doors for her, but I wasn't 
super excited about her because right. the message wasn't a message to be excited about. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. we we need that. Otherwise, otherwise Trump's going to get elected yeah. again. And that's that's worst case scenario, I think. My for, stomach hurts just thinking about <laughs> it. It it yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's scary. That's very scary. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think I think it's on that it's, note. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's going to be on that, on that right, note. No, 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 no. It's going to be really. In, I mean, I think the, the caucus is going to be really interesting, and mm-hmm. and I, I mean, I have. I have had conversations with members of, of two campaigns, um, both local organizers, about my feelings about the caucus because I, I I don't I don't like the way that our caucus works here in Nevada. I think it does disenfranchise a lot of people, and I think I you know like for me again like I had done caucuses in Colorado. I knew what to expect. It's a weird process. Mm-hmm. Like it feels like I think the whole idea is it feels very folksy, mm-hmm. but it really isn't because in our as you know in our state like it disenfranchises a whole lot of people who are third shift workers who have to work on the weekends, mm-hmm. who can't get time off to do yeah. that. And that's so much of our state. Yeah, Folks who would, who would be delegates for a candidate, but they, they simply cannot because, because the state conventions on a Saturday. Right. Um, and I, I think that the, the state party has made, um, you know, some attempts to, to make it more inclusive by doing, uh, you know, the, the early voting, um, the, the online voting would have been nice if they would have been right. able to iron that out, but it's still, it's still a very time commitment inducive process right. that if you're really passionate about a candidate, you're, you're going to have to take off at least two Saturdays because mm-hmm. you, you're going to have to take off a Saturday for the, for the County convention and in rural Nevada in West Wendover, you have to drive 120 miles to Elko for the County convention. Yeah. Um, and then you have to drive, to I think that the state convention is going to be down south. Right. So then you have to take time off, find a hotel room, drive down to, to Vegas to participate. It's an entire day for for tip workers, especially in West Wendover. Saturday that's your best day. You, right. You're not you. Most people can't afford to miss that Saturday, um, and so I, while I do think that the, the party has made attempts to to improve it, uh, there's got to be a better way for us to to you know elect a nominee. That, that right. is inclusive and, and lets everyone be involved. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's. Well, yeah. This is wild and free, and we have gotten you the press. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ho- Jose, Jose, Jose has got us a way to, to not end on a terrible note. So, this is a game. We've never played this before, Daniel. So, so just know Uh-oh. this is never something we have played here live, well, live to us right now on air. So we are pl- <laughs> we are gonna play a version of that old school school game that you played with your friends when you were in middle school or whatnot. We're gonna do marry, sleep, or punch. So, oh, punch everybody. No, this is very this is very specific. It's our it's a music edition of marry, sleep, punch. Three very prominent Nevada bands slash musicians. So we have Imagine Dragons, The Killers, and Wayne Newton. So, Mary Sleep Punch. We're going to go around. We're all doing this. <laughs> We're all doing this. Wait, so when you say sleep, does that mean the entire band? <laughs> <laughs> We're going to leave that because, out because, there. because that is a it's lot of work. Your, it's up to your <laughs> interpretation. And also, I think it's your interpretation. I mean, when we talk about Mary, polygamy is illegal. <laughs> right. So, I think, I, think, gonna... I think if you have a favorite, you could pick. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. There you go. So we're gonna say okay. So then we'll say Dan Reynolds, Brandon Flowers, and Wayne Newton. Okay. There we go. Mary Sleep Punch. Well, 
We're gonna let you go first. <laughs> <laughs> Put me on the spot. Uh, well, punch Wayne Newton, obviously. Don't shame this. But I don't know. That could be the episode title. <laughs> Don't shame this. Uh, dang. Yeah. I didn't realize this choice between Dan Reynolds and Ren Flowers would be so hard. It's um, a diff- difficult choice. I would say marry Brandon Flowers and sleep Dan Reynolds. Me oh, too. Exactly the same. Oh, see, mine is the reverse, which you know how my the Killers are my favorite band. You want to so. marry Wayne? You don't want to no, marry? No, 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 <laughs> no. God, no. <laughs> I have I have seen that man in the last. No, no. I want to marry Dan Reynolds. He is an amazing father. And he is, he still lives, you are taking he it. still lives in Las Vegas. But, but have you ever to... heard the Killers rendition of Home Means Nevada? Oh, it's I mean, so beautiful. I, I have. I, I would and want that singing me to sleep every night. Exactly. Yeah. I like plus, to... plus, Brandon Flowers likes pupusas. He does. We do know that. So that would be an I... easy, he, he, would, he would be wanting to marry me instead. Well, then I think we need to have a Twitter campaign to see if Dan Reynolds will have pupusas with us. With me, yeah. I mean, with us, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, if oh you're man. out there, Dan, this is fun. Yeah. I liked it. Good. It's really good that you did that with us, Jose, because Allison would be like, "Who?" <laughs> <laughs> Allison's not so much into the music. No, she's not. So, yeah. Yeah. Any any last words for the your? Hopefully, this is just your first time on Wild and Free. I, th- I think I think we we definitely need to go up to West Glendover and do an on site at the uh, Salt Flat Cafe, like do a show there. That's what I'm thinking. I agree wholeheartedly. <laughs> so that way, because I, I always feel weird because I, I rant about how good the food is, um, but until people actually like see it, they just look at me like this guy is crazy. <laughs> who who loves a restaurant this much? Is there something unique there? That when people go there, they they have to have it there so, because it doesn't exist anywhere. Else. If you if you like spicy, yes. um, there's it's called Murgia Special. Um, it's supposed to be really spicy to most people. Um, I still have to add stuff to make it spicy. But <laughs> you're like, can um, I have some habaneros, please? <laughs> yeah, it, it's good. Um, it's I mean I don't I've never seen it anywhere else. Okay, it's like. Um, Carne asada and then just a bunch of chilies and it's in a sauce and it's really good. Ooh, that, is, that sounds delicious. That is making my nose water just thinking of it. Yeah, if right. you if you have a cold or like a sinus infection, it clears you out. It's <laughs> so it brings you back to life. <laughs> it sounds like a nice winter dish. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, all right. Well, thank you so much, Daniel. It's a pleasure having you on. Um, this has been Wild and Free, a Battleborn podcast. I'm Jacob. I'm Berta. And uh, B, who is our team? Uh, that we have here with Wild and Free. I'll start you off if you we want. We have... No, let me see if I can do okay. this. We have our producer, Jose Sotelo. We That's are right. in the Den of Descent. We and are. Upstairs, we have our research assistant, um, Ashley Pacheco. That's right. With little Sebastian. Yep. And who is a baby, by the way. Some he of is y'all still didn't a know. baby. Um, <laughs> People they, didn't know? No, they thought it was another doggy. Oh. Because then, because no. we said Sebastian, and then we said Raven. The dog of descent. The dog in the, the den the of dog. descent. Okay. <laughs> the concha lover. Right. And we also have, right now, really far away from here. Very far away. Alison Yanis, mm-hmm. um, who is the 
Co-Wrangler. Yes, there you go. I was like, I don't know. Co-Wrangler. I, I, I did it. I think I got through that. She, you did, and she's Great in Korea story. right now. Free Korea. <laughs> she, I, I, I like the, the idea of there being nonprofits in North Korea, though. Right. I mean, that could be a funny movie. That's that could be a funny movie. Allison, Netflix, contact us. Allison, bring us some stuff back, please. Right. Because you better listen to this while we're gone. While yeah. you're gone. <laughs> Yeehaw. <laughs> <laughs>